Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. A huge thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Unibuddy. Unibuddy is the global leading peer-to-peer platform for digital student engagement. Peer-to-peer chat makes human connection the key to college decisions. And that's how Unibuddy helps universities recruit their best fit students. Creating a sense of belonging and community is best done by utilizing the voice of an institution's best advocates, their student ambassadors. Optimize your yield with a chat and virtual live events platform that's purpose-built for higher ed. If you are in charge of enrollments or admissions, go to unibuddy.com, that's U-N-I-B-U-D-D-Y dot C-O-M, to learn how you can engage with students at every stage of the cycle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. I have a fantastic guest for you today, Girja Ramapriya. She is the founder and CEO of Brazen Learning. So Girja, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with the EdUp EdTech experience. Oh, I'm so excited. I've never heard of Brazen, so I'm sure we have a lot to cover in the episode so that we can get the audience completely aware of what you're doing at your company. So first, before we get into anything specific, tell me about yourself and your journey into this ed tech space. Sure. Um, my, my journey into ed tech is uh, by way of happy interdisciplinary uh, circumstance. So I started my my career teaching. Um, I was a high school teacher. Oh my gosh, me yeah. too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, t- I started teaching high school, uh, high school chemistry. And I loved many aspects of teaching. But what I what I found um, when I got there, and I was teaching at, at, at students with a risk of dropping out and um, and and other other circumstances that they've been told that they were not necessarily academic material so i get there i'm in the new district new school i've never experienced anything like this and i'm thrown to the wolves and i'm i'm working with these students and i i see their their lack of confidence in in how they're learning and and it's breaking my heart so i tell my students forget the textbook we are going to learn what you want to learn so so throw away the textbooks, not literally, because we do, uh, we still need to keep them. Um, and, and I want you to tell me what you want to learn. And that's what we will, we will go through. It was a ton of work. My students were really good at testing the limits. Um, and I, I kind of had to, to play around with what, what they wanted to learn with what was able to be learned in a classroom setting. And, and finally, I earned their respect and they, they understood that I was really serious about about this process, about them becoming drivers of their own education. And so I was I was really excited. And by the end of the year, what I saw is a, a transformation of my students. Their 
their approach, not only to my class, but to um, school and even in their home lives, their, their confidence in who they were as, as people changed tremendously. Um, I even got a call. I'm sorry. I even got a call from uh, one of the parents um, after they got, like, they did so well on their, their, like, final exam that they, they earned a, a raise in their allowance, which is, it was cute to hear, but it was just amazing to see this transformation. Yeah, but, definitely. As an educator, that's, you know, getting, actually getting that instant gratification <laughs> doesn't happen often. So you're lucky to see that and the student got a raise in the allowance. Yeah. That's great. It was, it was great, but um, I would, let me tell you, it was, it was draining energy-wise. I was, I was burnt out by the end of the year. Um, and so before I decided to commit my life to teaching, I wanted to try out other careers and I wanted to, to, I was still, I was what, 22 at that time. And so I, was, I really wanted to try out some other things before I, I settled quote unquote. Um, and I, I tried to, went from a vet tech, I went from clinical research and that got me into um, grad school programs that were focused on innovation and improvement. And from there, I, in the back of my head, I always knew I wanted to be able to take my experience teaching my class and how can I make that easily um, shareable with all the teachers across across the world, pretty much. My my goal was how can I scale this 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 uh, pedagogy to make it easy for other teachers, no matter what, because that that that's where my 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 heart and my passion is. And um, in fact, so what happened was I was coming back after grad school, and I, I was working in a tech space, and I interviewed for this position with Brazen Group. Um, and Brendan Hike, who's my co-founder now, we were interviewing and for a project manager role, and they could tell through my through my voice itself that um, as much as I was, I appreciated their mission in in green technologies. I was not necessarily passionate about project management. Um, so the final question in the interview was like, "What are you passionate about?" And that opened up our a can of of energy that that. And I didn't get the job, but I convinced Brendan to start Brazen Learning with me instead. And um, we were able to flesh out our our flagship product called the Student Soapbox. And uh, and here I am today in EdTech. That's awesome. That's a great story. And I think that you being so early on as an educator, being able to identify a gap that existed and then later on discovering, you know, it takes a little bit while, as you said, like you were younger to mature and just recognize that that's something that you could do something about that's amazing and what a great story we have a lot in common in our stories you know I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it before so it's 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 on the episode it's authentic and it's original so great story um and jumping into ed tech and being that I don't know about you when I walked into the high school that I taught at the principal deemed me the ed tech person because I was younger Mm. and they're like okay you're gonna just do all this ed tech stuff and I'm like oh my gosh way to make an assumption about me knowing technology because I'm younger and I realize now that I'm older we do that with younger people just kind of (laughs) naturally um so that's interesting um so in being you have this this wealth of experience as a teacher and educator, you know, and also going through like vet tech stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know um, from your experience, how would you personally define educational technology? Great question. And um, and what I've been hearing is from the episodes, it's so amazing to hear the insight from from all your guests so far. And a key key 
um, thing that I've noticed is that everybody has a very similar similar concept of what ed tech is. And in my view, I think it's it's a tool that really reimagines how we learn in the future. So, for example, learning initially was all just like a, a tradition, like from word of mouth and and learning just by by hearing from others. And as the pen and paper came along, that transformed how we can store information, how we can think about things and come back to something a couple years down the line. And and like that, it transformed how people can think. And I think ed tech in our future is is definitely uh, digital based, but it really can transform how we see and how we how we consume a learning material in the future. Yeah, that's great. And you're right. The, I think the similar aspect across the the episodes have been that people see it as like a tool and as a resource. But I think your I think when we get into the differences is the philosophical ways in which you use the ed tech um, within the classroom, whether it's K through twelve or higher education. So I like your definition. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Now let's get into it. Let's talk about brazen learning because I want to learn more. So tell me about what your product is and describe how it. Um, helps others in educational institutions. So give us the whole shebang, tell us everything um, so that the audience gets a good understanding of what you're doing. For sure, thank you. So we started, Brendan and I started Brazen Learning as a way to to reimagine and modernize K-12 and higher education by designing the experiences that that take all our, our stakeholders, students, teachers, administrators, and the education community and take all of their perspectives in a whole. So our first and our flagship product is called the Student Soapbox. And this comes directly from my experience teaching um, and, and it's really validated with the, with the research and data that's coming out in terms of building that student choice. Student Soapbox is a all-encompassing tool that in the short, quick answer is it allows students to become drivers of their own education by voting on what they want to learn. And we do that through a, a simple voting platform where students get a link and they can go ahead and they, they vote on what lessons are coming up. So each course syllabus that, that is coming through is a living, breathing document that relates directly to those students in that class. Each class, even though they may be with the same teacher, may have different ways of, of achieving learning. And that's what we want to see as a class. But what we saw is that there are three major pain points around curriculum. And we can solve that all together with, with the Student Soapbox. The biggest one, and the, the one that every first year teacher, every new teacher experiences, every uh, established teacher experiences, is the continued search for new materials, finding materials. I know that when I went to the, the school where I was teaching, I did the same Google searches as the teacher before me did, and the teacher after me has done the same Google searches <laughs> yep. looking for the <laughs> lesson plan, right? Yes, and it, not reinventing the wheel, as they say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is that as those teachers go, those lessons go along with those teachers. And one of, I, I worked with some incredible teachers and colleagues, and one of them had a bountiful of knowledge. Like it was, it was incredible how much knowledge he had. But as when he retired, half of those lessons kind of faded away or they're sitting gathering dust in a filing cabinet because it's just so hard to to use those lessons. 
Um, and, and we want to change that. So we created this lesson library with the student soapbox. This allows the school to become that knowledge center where all of the teachers lessons and all of the classes are all stored together, along with the, the curriculum investments that the school makes, along with searches that teachers make to find new lessons. So all of that gets put together in this growing shared lesson library. From, from the student aspect, how can we determine what curriculum is more engaging to students without their voice and without their vote? So that's where the student voting comes in. They can vote on what lessons, what materials, what units, what um, assessment types, what, what makes the most sense to them. And, we could, and the students get to vote on which they would like to learn. And all this is built on the Salesforce platform, so that way we can use real-time data and analytics to provide to you administrators what really works in the classroom. So that way they understand what are the curriculums, why are these teachers getting so much out of their students using curriculum that they're finding, that they're creating, that they're cobbling together versus the curriculum that we've invested. They, it allows the administrators to see real-time what is going on in the classrooms and what they can do to make better data informed decisions about curriculum investments moving forward. That is amazing that you came up with that concept and built so much into it. Thank you. It, <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> I know that took a lot of work. Absolutely. It's, um, it's, we, we're, we're a very new company. Um, we, we, our beta product, like our beta um, product came out early 2020 um, we were excited to be one of the tables at the learn launch learn launch conference and then um, when when covid came the closures kind of kind of um, made schools kind of go into crisis mode and so now we're, we're revamping our our product and push out there so it's been exciting yeah that's amazing. Tell me more about um, the concept behind your name. What does brazen What does brazen mean? So awesome. you know, yeah. how did you come up with that? So we, we come up with the word brazen because it's not only bold, but it's also shameless in our approach. We are um, we are brazen in terms of how we are changing learning. We're going to go in there. We're um, it's hard to say the word, but uh, brazenly, we're, we're finding ways to, to really change education without worry about what has come before, because what we are taking into account is what works and what we can do to really drive a better education experience in the future. Yeah, that, yeah, and that sounds amazing. You're like, you're, you're unapologetic about it and not in the sense that you're like being... Um, you're going rogue, but you're doing it in a way where the students um, are in charge of what what gets done and the the adaptive learning that sort of process and kind of everybody's working more together than mm -hmm. just saying this is the content you're going to learn. This is how we're going to do it, and that's it. Absolutely, that that collaborative piece is is so important to to really make learning significant and impactful for students. And one of the things that we've we've built in with that is with our teachers and their teacher community is a teacher can see that the science class is learning about marine biology. And if they're an art teacher, they can ask their students, do you guys want to plan um, an art project that explores 
explores art through the marine underwater lens and allows an English teacher to see what's going on with their art and, and science class and come up with ways to, to build persuasive and research essays based off of what they're learning in science. And it really provides those multiple perspectives that can drive a type of learning that, that really transforms the students. That's great. So you're really, I mean, one of the things that always happens and you know, through being a K through 12 teacher is you don't talk across your subject matter. You kind of stay within your own departments, like your social studies, your math, but this sounds like it allows you to have those conversations and connect for the students across those. And I think in K through 12, that's important, but in higher education too, because there are breakdowns in programs between the students starting their matriculation in a program and going through all the courses, it's like all the individual courses are their own entity. A huge thanks to the episode sponsor, UniBuddy. UniBuddy empowers universities to recruit, engage, and enroll prospective students through authentic peer-to-peer connections. They purpose-built a digital platform for higher education because better accessibility leads to more informed decisions by students and a better yield for schools. 450 plus global partners trust UniBuddy to help them help students find a place at their institution. UniBuddy helps universities engage prospective students by leveraging chat, live events made for higher ed, and top tier partnerships that expand institutional reach. Utilize the power of your student ambassadors by putting them online and building meaningful connections. Learn more at unibuddy.com. That's U-N-I-B-U-D-D-Y dot C-O-M. Can you imagine if everything just was connected and flowed together, how much more students would enjoy that learning experience and how much more faculty would enjoy that because they weren't have to repeat things and students would be seeing and experiencing like their work, just the, the scaffolding and everything, it would be coming to life as they matriculate. Absolutely. And, and that's the vision. I mean, we want to, we want, our students are so capable of doing tremendous things. And our goal is to really empower them to see that for themselves and have teachers see that as well. And this is our, this is our way, our foray into that, into that space. That's fantastic. So tell me about like, um, you know, have you done any, you know, particular, have you worked with any particular schools or institutions yet? You don't have to mention the institution, but what are some of like your most, you know, if you've done like a a pilot, talk about some of your best experiences so far with, with brazen learning. I want to hear more about that. Sure. So one of our, our, our beta testers, um, They've been pulling, uh, putting in their information. They they teach English as a new language, and so one of the key things that that came up was their students are so excited about about having this option because when when they view themselves, they're new to everything in the K twelve space. They're not not just to English, but they're new to to learning to the to the education system to the school. And, and really empowering them in a way that makes them feel seen, as you said, was, was a great piece of feedback that they were able to share with their teachers who shared it with us. And the key thing that, that came out from that was 
the student soapbox platform for for teachers it's intuitive it's a really straightforward flow to set up a poll for students to upload lessons to link to materials everything that we wanted to create was to in the long run to make it as easy as possible for teachers so that way they spend less time on their computers trying to set something up and more time with their students teaching what they wanted to learn and that intuitive that that ability to to figure out the flow and and help teachers use the product to its full extent is something that um, is a piece of feedback that we were really excited to hear about this morning that's awesome. And I know one question that you probably get when you're talking to um, various clientele is, well, how does this connect to outcomes? Well, how does this connect to our standards? If the students are choosing what they want to learn, aren't they going to miss something? So what do you say to those people who I know you've gotten that? Absolutely. <laughs> they come to you with like that. Well, um, what, what about all that? What do we do? How do you manage that? Sure, um, and and I think that it's a valid it's a valid question, but one of the key things to keep in mind is that these polls, these choices that are being sent to students, are student are are teacher led. So the teachers are making the choices in terms of the lessons what are coming up. They know their students. They know what lessons, what learning they have, and and how to scaffold appropriately. But there are ways to to introduce a lesson in multiple avenues. There are ways to have a project versus a test. These options can be shared across the platform. And, and by allowing the teacher to, to understand and drive the standards based, but having the students to be able to, to drive their learning is, is, in our view, it's one of the best of both worlds where students are learning because they want to learn. And in the end, they do and they will achieve the standards and, and goals that, that the state, the federal and, and school has set for them. Excellent. So the, you know, it's already set by the teachers or the faculty members who know and are aware of like accreditation type things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can just see you going into a meeting and pitching this and people, that's the first question they're going to ask. They're not going to, they're totally going to avoid all the innovative things you're doing and your, your story and where you, and they're going to go straight to the, well, how does this, you know, fit with our standards and everything? Cause that's really important for us. You know, so I'm <laughs> exactly. glad you're able to work around that, you know, and work with the teachers and the faculty members and they're setting everything up. So the responsibility is there and that stuff still exists because we want to make sure that we are um, following whatever standards and accreditation things that are set forth by our institutions or organizations accrediting bodies. So that's that's yeah. good. I just thought we of that may be brazen, you. but we are um, definitely understanding of <laughs> of the standards that need to be followed for sure. Right, you're brazen, but you're not like I said, going broke. That's exactly. <laughs> our lesson library um, links to so the way we have have it set up. The le each lesson can be linked to state and um, federal standards. So if it's NGSS, Common Core, state state standards, each lesson can have those tags linked to it. So as a teacher needs to search for lessons with a certain standard, those lessons can come up because they're all tagged and shared together. Oh, fantastic! That's even better. So mm -hmm. the teachers don't really they can can they fil they can filter out and search what they need to search for. That's fantastic. absolutely. So we, you know, we're kind of 
in, in the States and internationally, we're starting to step out of COVID a bit, but I want to know from your perspective and being a business owner and having this educational technology company, how, how were you impacted? Um, you know, did you have to do any pivots? What things changed for you? Um, what was the impact of COVID-19? Sure. So operations wise, um, we were remote before it had to be remote. Um, our, our team is, we are lucky enough to have such great team members who, who have been remote and have had access to, to building our company, um, no matter where we are and what time, time zone we're in. So operations wise, we were, we were really great. What we saw is that when, when COVID hit, schools went into crisis mode and their, their priorities shifted from, from understanding um, digital infrastructures and investing in long-term plans to, to meals for students, uh, Chromebooks and internet access for their students, which was understandable. But as, as we're seeing, and as we start to open up, we're looking forward to for schools to be able to make those investments in their long-term digital infrastructure. Because what we're seeing is that the, the investments and the ed tech that you make that fit a long-term picture can really set you up for success no matter what emergency comes up. If, God forbid, another pandemic, another an issue where, where schools need to go remote, having that infrastructure in place beforehand can make the rollout so much smoother. Exactly. And I'm so glad that you're doing that and that that stability is going to be there from, you know, for now. Um, for the, the faculty and the educators, I mean, it's like people were scrambling. It was kind of chaotic just yeah. to think that we were, we're in the, well into the 21st century and we're still having to convince people, you know, I'm obviously, I love ed tech, online learning, all those different things. We're still having to convince people that this, this modality, this thing works, but 2020 COVID made it, it like made it a mandatory requirement. Absolutely. Had no other choice, but to depend on companies like yours and other educational technology companies and supportive roles like instructional designers and technologists to make sure that learning still happened. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm not saying the silver lining out of COVID ed tech online learning have now come into a positive light for people. hundred like percent. They're exploring, you know, they're starting to see the value and explore this even more. Absolutely. So that's your, everything you're saying is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, I love what you did. You, you started out identifying this gap. You created this company. You're wanting to help educators. You're doing the back end work for them. The students are getting involved. So everybody has a role in what you what your company is doing. And then the back end, you have this passion, this mission to make sure that learning is still happening. People get access to what they need, whether pandemic or not pandemic. So that is wonderful. Um, and I want to know, you know, not in, in since you're the co-founder. Mm -hmm. um, and you're the CEO. I want to know what's next on that product roadmap for Brazen Learning. So anything you can share that doesn't violate any sort of NDA <laughs> agreements. And I know you've heard me say that on previous episodes. Um, what can we look forward to from you? Absolutely. So um, we recognize that what we provide right now at Student Soapbox is an open tool for teachers and schools and students. But 
But the key aspect that we want to keep on building is that curriculum library. So our goal is building our, our curriculum partnerships, our licensures, being able to come up with great options that can easily fit into any school system, any options to provide supplementary curriculum right off the bat. Um, and, and building that, that feature out for students as well by understanding their votes and how they can be interested in, in other lessons that might not come up. So based off of um, using different uh, AI and, and understanding curriculum characteristics and how we can recommend to students other lesson and learning options based off of what they vote on and what their class starts to learn about. Because in the end, we want to make sure our students are lifelong learners and building that curiosity helps helps drive that intrinsic motivation to keep on learning. That's our, our mission and, and view. And we think that that was that's definitely our, our next step in our in our product growth. That's great. I can't wait to see what happens next. So that's, cool. that, that's going to be awesome um, and very rewarding for the people that engage in your platform. Uh, but OK, so wrapping up, I have two final questions for you. Um, so the first question is being that, and you are, even though you probably say you're not, you're an ed tech expert, you're in this industry, <laughs> you've been you. in, in the industry a while, you have your own company. What do you see um, as the future of educational technology? And then the last question is, um, oh, that, that should have been the last question. The other question is, did we forget anything? Sure. So first, did we forget anything? Is there anything else that you wanted to share about brazen learning? And then the last one is, what does the future of ed tech look like? Absolutely. So um, we recognize uh, as an ed tech provider and of, with Student Soapbox, we recognize that technology and pedagogy go hand in hand. Um, and and you can have a great tool, but if your team doesn't know how to use it to its full ex extent, it really can gather virtual dust at this point. So our, our goal and, and what we've been working on is a partnership with great pedagogy and um, administrative professional development work uh, organizations like Socrates Head of School, where their, their, um, their mission and their approach and our approach are complementary in terms of how we want to see education really grow forward. So we're excited to, to build that and um, that partnership and, and how we can provide the technology as well as the professional development for schools when they adopt our, our products that really ensure that it will work for them and, and how to make sure that it's going to be useful for the long term. Awesome. And I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's important to recognize that I think it, there's kind of a, a difference in the ed tech industry. Instead of, in some cases, you're not competing with somebody, you're forming partnerships with other people who are kind of doing the similar thing, Absolutely. but you're, you're, yeah, you're kind of forming that it's kind of strength and weaknesses type thing. Um, so I, I'm glad to hear that you're forming some partnerships. That's fantastic. Thanks, so, yeah. So tell us what, what does the future of ed tech look like? Be no Tradamus right now and tell us the future. <laughs> um, so, so my vision, um, in terms of education, I view it as this lumbering, huge brontosaurus, right? And ed tech currently is, is helping this brontosaurus be more agile to be able to be a really great gymnast, Simone Biles. But the future of ed tech is, is really that catalyst for, 
for evolution. We no longer want to see education as this brontosaurus. It can be something that we haven't seen yet. And ed tech driving that, driving what learning is, driving the, the future of how we can consume what learning is, is, is something that we should, we're all really excited to see and, and who knows what it can turn into, but it's definitely going to be different for sure, or it should. <laughs> yeah, I think it, you're right. It should be different and it's already changing. And I think, uh, like we talked about, COVID has accelerated that a bit for everybody. So they're starting to like, oh, the ed tech industry, this is, let's, let's look over here to see where we can do things. And, you know, some other things that are kind of seeping into the education world, like AI, um, AR, VR, all those different things. They're, they're disrupting. They're going to start disrupting and people need to be prepared for that. You know, so if, you're at a stage in your life where you're like, uh, oh, I just really like doing the normal lectures or the discussion <laughs> boards and the cumbersome stuff. Your students who are coming up aren't going to appreciate that. So it's really time to get out and explore, get out and, you know, find new ways of doing things and making learning interactive. So I just love it. Love it. Love awesome. it. Love it. Well, I really appreciate you coming on this show um, and sharing everything about Brazen Learning. All the information about Brazen Learning is going to be in the, in the show notes. So thank you so awesome. much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Holly. It's, it's such an honor to be on here and, and it's such a pleasure to, uh, to connect with you. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of EdUp EdTech with your host, Holly Owens.